I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. It's always morning for us when we <laughs> when we come to Forever come to you. morning. <laughs> yes, it is. Forever morning. We are happy to be in the studio once again mm-hmm. recording. And we got lots on the docket today that we're going to be doing, but... Um, excited for this episode that Katie has prepared for us today. Yes. Uh, but Katie, we have something exciting coming up that we wanted to we hint do. at and tease a little bit before it comes out. Yeah. So um, we have a, a series coming out and I don't know where it'll fall. It's kind of funny to like share about it because we don't even know like when it's really going to be released. <laughs> um, but we've been recording these kind of like mini episodes, like 15 to 20 minutes long. And it's going to be kind of covering church history and church basics, uh, sacraments of the faith, like stuff like that. And so this is going to be really great if you've wondered like, wait, how do we even get where we're at? right now in the Western church. Why do we take communion? Why is there Catholicism and Protestantism? Why are there denominations? What is a a catechism? What the heck does that even mean? Those kind of questions (laughs) that are like, maybe you have never even considered that. And we would love to ask those questions with you. Yes, absolutely. So we've been doing research. We've been reading a really cool book um, that we will have linked in the show notes of every single one of these episodes Mm -hmm. that we're going to do. But just keep an eye out for when those start to drop. Um, But know that when they start dropping, Katie Hale is on maternity leave. (laughs) Yep. This, This actually worked out really well where we were trying to think of something we could Add in. I've actually had some people that we know that listen ask us like, "What are you guys gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> are you gonna take a maternity leave?" And the answer is yes. And there's also a lot of unknowns with that that are happening right now. Yeah. But I, we're not gonna be actively recording for a little while. Katie might do interviews or sporadic things yeah. here and there, but that whole time, hopefully there should at least be things released every couple of weeks, and we'll still be having a a release schedule happening that you can keep in touch with, with our social media and all that jazz. So at the Katie's podcast on Instagram. Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All that good stuff. Yeah. All that good stuff. So it will, we will continue to provide you rich content. It might be a little bit shorter episodes for that time, but I know some people prefer that anyway. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, be excited. I I hope it's going to be something that is useful to you, but also the ones that we've recorded so far for it, I like they're, they're short and sweet, but they're still like, know they're still very like spirit-led and I it's been really really encouraging to me and fun to be reading about these things for myself and asking these questions and it's very like it's going to encourage your faith I think yeah and I think also it's fun to take like a little bit of a different approach these are very like I don't want to say like very history heavy, but we're getting to dive into history mm-hmm. a lot on our end, which I love. Me I too. think it's so fun. Me too. And we're trying not to like lecture at you. Yeah. The point is we're making it <laughs> concise and practical and yeah. how does this apply to me and why do I yeah, care? Yeah, why should you care about these historical events or whatever happened? Yeah. So, uh, but it's a lot of fun and a little bit different and hopefully educational and yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're not like experts. We're not going to no. try to break down for you like deep matters of that have been de- of debate in the church forever and ever, yeah. but we're going to give you context about those debates yes. and some things that we think are just foundational scriptural truths to understand when approaching those issues. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, and today we do have a normal episode. Um, we're going to be <laughs> just normal. <laughs> just normal. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, we are going to be talking about something I have, this topic I've always loved 
and uh, thought about. And recently it just came back to mind and I was thinking it'd be cool to do an episode on it. We're going to be kind of talking about what it's like to have faith like a child because we do see Jesus talk about this a decent amount uh, in the New Testament. And so we want to dive right in with some scripture. I'm going to kind of like shoot a bunch of scriptures at you and then we're going to break them down. So love it. Hit read me. along. Hit me with it. <laughs> yes. So this first one we have is uh, Matthew 21 verses 14 through 17. And to give you context for this one, this is Jesus's triumphal entry and he goes to the temple and he had just uh, overturned all the tables and sent out all the people that were robbing everybody blind in the temples. And it's funny because I actually decided to do this topic because I was thinking about uh, doing an episode on like righteous anger and how Jesus drove these people out of the temple. And then I was reading this and I was like, "Mm, I think I want to pivot. But this verse, these verses say, and those who were blind and those who limped came to him in the temple area and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he had done and the children who were shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they became indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read from the mouths of infants and nursing babies? You have prepared praise for yourself. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany and spent the night there. So Jesus is kind of being like, did, did you not even like read the Old Testament? Because <laughs> this is referring to a verse in Psalms. It's Psalms 8, 2, which says, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. So uh, this is kind of a nod to that. But basically, these teachers and the chief priests are like, do you hear what these kids are saying? They're being like, Hosanna to the son of David. What do you what do you have to say about that? And he's basically uh, rebuking them and also kind of saying, dude, this is the fulfillment of a prophecy. This is the fulfillment of everything you've been teaching for uh, this time. And so that's cool. We're going to dive into it even mm-hmm. more um, in a little bit. But the next uh, verse we're going to look at is Matthew 18, 3 through 4. And it says... Uh, And Jesus said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. First Peter two, two through three says like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it, you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Hmm. And then Mark 10, 13 through 16 says, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child Hmm. will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. Yeah. So these are just like cool verses, (laughs) Um, if nothing else, just for the purpose of seeing the way that Jesus interacts with children. And we're going to talk about this throughout, but culturally, children at this time aren't like included in all of, you know what I mean? Like they're, you know, that one verse talks about lowering yourself to like the status of a child. Right. Most most cultures up until honestly, Western culture today have just not valued children as having any type of standing in society or 
you know, like you wouldn't change your plans for a child. You wouldn't accommodate a child at your right. own expense, those kind of things. I mean, even in a lot of pagan cultures in the ancient world, like children were property to be sacrificed yeah. or to be traded or to be sold or things like that. Like there really has not been a high value on children until I would say Christianity has like really brought that about. Yeah. But then also it's something that's sort of been... I would argue perverted in yeah. the Western perspective where it's like we sacrifice everything at the altar of our children and they yeah. become this like <laughs> idol that we lay our lives down for in a way that is beyond the call of Christ yeah. um, to like put them at this pedestal in our lives where like all is my identity as a parent to my child and whatever, whatever. So yeah, it's just interesting how that's changed over time. Right, definitely. Well, and you even see in this Mark passage when the disciples are rebuking people for bringing their children to Jesus. So yeah. this shows the the cultural view of children right there, yeah. which is the people who are following Jesus, proclaiming to be his followers, telling people not to bring their children near right. him, which shows a, a lack of understanding on their part of like Jesus's heart, <laughs> but B, just that they weren't seen as people that should be around for right. serious events right. or in the presence of a rabbi or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like these things. Yeah. And so. And Jesus is like affirming here that these, these children are just like the rest of humanity that he came yeah. to, to save like their image bearers of God that have value to him and our souls that he's created and loved. Yeah. And yeah, we would, we would agree with all of those things. <laughs> we would just say that they're not. Yeah. They're not God. For sure. <laughs> it's easy. I like all you have to this is a tangent, but all you have to do is get anywhere in the algorithm of mom Instagram or TikTok <laughs> yes. and see the insanity of like what we will do at the expense of ourselves and yeah. at the expense of I don't know. Sanity. It, 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 it just it really like has become an idol of like there is a perfect way to be a parent to a child and your child is all and their emotions are all and um, yeah. you know, their desires at all times are the most important thing and you protect it no matter what. And it's there's just that's a perversion. That's not a Christian worldview. Yeah, for sure. But we do value children very yes. much. <laughs> um I I wanna kind of break down based on these verses, what can we know about the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and what can we know about ourselves and the way that we should be acting. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so the first thing here is God is bringing praise from the mouths of children. Mm -hmm. While in this particular instance, it was the one about Jesus being in the temple and the children are crying out Hosanna. We see how easily the children's hearts are like willing to recognize something in Jesus that the teachers and scribes did not. Mm -hmm. So they were not full of ceremony and religion. They were full of God's spirit in that moment. And so we see a willingness in their hearts to, to recognize something there mm -hmm. that other people were rejecting. And so while that is like reading into what is happening, that is what is happening. And God is talking about, or Jesus is talking about how this has been foretold that mm -hmm. the mouths of children are going to speak, speak this sort of life. And, uh, it, it comes from a willingness and not having the years of like scholarly thought, I think, mm -hmm. um, to be able to be open to that sort of thing. Yeah. And so that's one thing we see God setting kind of like the foundation here Yeah. of him bringing praise out of the mouths of children. Right. And... Then the, the second thing that kind of is going to back up that first point and 
Um, it's just that Jesus said we must become like little children. He equates it to making yourself lowly. Mm-hmm. We know that Christ did not view children as lowly in importance. So what does this right. even mean? <laughs> right. And why would you inherit the kingdom if you become like a child? Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of stuff here. Yeah. I mean, throughout the whole Bible, we're seeing things flipped on its head. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing we're talking about today honestly comes down to the the first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's the yeah. message that Jesus is teaching the whole time he's on earth and what he's displaying in himself when he's washing the disciples' feet mm-hmm. and everything like that. We're seeing yeah. this. This is referred to a lot as the idea of the upside down kingdom, right? Yeah. That what Jesus, so many of the things that were like, that doesn't make sense or things that we now look at that the disciples were like so scratching their heads about yeah. or that Jesus was coming and flipping both this like religious understanding of the Jews of God and then also like pagan misunderstandings of God. And he was flipping it all on its head and saying like, I have come to be the revelation of the father to you. And this is how his kingdom, this is how my kingdom operates, right? That down is up and up is down and the last will be first and the first will be last. And And the children are inheriting the kingdom. And what does that that mean? Like there's something here where I'm thinking about the Mark verse that you just shared in Mark 10. Yeah. Um, where it's saying that like anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child will never enter it. And Mm -hmm. I think foundational to like thinking about this point, and I'm sorry if I'm stepping in here, but something foundational to thinking about this point is like when Jesus is referring to children, he's talking about the literal children. And he's also referring to this greater image of us as children of God, right? God, the father and him as the son of the father. If a father is giving a gift to a child, how is a child going to receive that gift? Like in a, if a father is good, right? And he is like giving a gift to a child, like what is their disposition, right? They're open, they're they're excited, they're innocent. Like yeah. they're, um, there's like true, just uninhibited joy in a child, like receiving a gift from their father. And there's something here where Jesus is saying like, if you're not able to see the kingdom as this kind of a gift from this kind of a father and you don't have this joy when receiving it, you don't understand it. Yeah, Like you're not receiving it, which is hard to wrap our brains around. It doesn't mean we're not, you know, sensible. It doesn't mean any of those things. Uh, doesn't mean we're not like logical and that there's not a foundation to all of these things, but there is this spiritual component and this emotional component to our faith and to our salvation of like, this is a joyful spiritual, emotional experience of receiving the kingdom promised, of receiving life that was lost, of victory over death, of having intimacy with the father. Like those are all things that should inspire this openness and yeah, yeah, just this openness in the way that we approach God that Jesus was saying, like we, we now, like he's alluding here too, like the veil is going to be torn. Like you don't have to approach with fear and trembling. You can approach with confidence and I'm thinking about, we were at something that we were at the same thing last night. And one of the verses was whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in Mm -hmm. heaven. And I'm interceding for you on behalf of the father, whatever you ask shall be done in my name. And just like, that's now the relationship we're entering into where that's the natural tendency of a child with their parent Mm -hmm. is that they assume my dad's got me. Like my dad's got me. He's going to listen to me. He loves me. If I come running at him and hug him, like he's not going to turn away. He's going to reflect the same joy that I have for him. And there's something so personal. Yeah, absolutely. And to partake in that, we need to do exactly what Matthew 18 is asking us to do. And that is change and become like little children Mm -hmm. that you, 
or else you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. That is huge. Right. Like we, we can gloss over this and be like, oh yeah, whatever. Jesus is telling you, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven if you do not become like a little child. Right. This is serious. And, and this, this is pointing to, sorry, again, this is the whole Bible is speaking to the same thing, right? Yeah. The one Isaiah talks about the hearts of stone becoming hearts of flesh. Yeah. Um, there is a component of this that we have to accept and do and be willing to change, <laughs> but also like this is a gift of God yeah. to us that he is the one who transforms that heart of Upon stone. Upon salvation. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that even in just in that moment of, of salvation and repentance that he offers us, like yeah. you choose to take it. I'm not going to forcibly soften your heart. I'm not going to take your heart out and put a new one yeah. in without asking you. You have choice because you are my image bearer and that's how this all works and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like this is something that he offers us. We have no chance of being innocent and open and joyful and experiencing life the way that he has, he has designed us to, if we don't receive this free gift from him. Yeah. And I think part of it too, is that is something that happens upon salvation. That is something that God does for us when we're willing. Mm -hmm. And it's also a process of something we have to do over and over throughout our Christian walk. So I still have tendencies. (laughs) Well, I know in my own faith, like I'm, I know for you too, Katie, we like to like know things and Mm -hmm. be, you know, scholarly (laughs) about things. Right. And sometimes I know I've exchanged like the scholarly understanding for the Lord of the Lord for, you know, my wonder and my ability to just come and enjoy him. Right. And to rest in his presence. Right. And that's what we're seeing when the Pharisees are there saying, what are you going to do about these children shouting Hosanna? And God's like, don't you get it? Yeah. Don't you get it? What you are doing pales in comparison to the person who comes to me in peace and Mm -hmm. joy and excitement and submission. And so we see that in the hearts of children, watch children interact with their parents. You're going to see this dynamic and, that's what we need to have towards the Lord. Right. There's, it's almost a cycle, right? Yeah. Of we are, we are born into sin. We are born into hardheartedness yeah. and foolishness and all of those things, pride in our own understanding. And then when we are saved, like there's a reason we talk about like new believers <laughs> and their excitement in this way, right? People talk all the time about like, I got saved and I was running around in the streets and yeah. telling everyone <laughs> and all of us older Christians kind of laugh like, ha, oh, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is something so sweet and pure about that. Those like early days of, of someone being saved where that joy is fresh, that, yeah. that openness and intimacy is like so new to them and exciting. And they are literally like little children. And we, if we're not careful, exactly like you're saying, we have a tendency to to just lose our wonder. And I, I think that's a product of the world that we live in. I think that's a product of the sin that still touches and entangles itself in everything that we interact with. But we are like made to be beings of awe and wonder. Yeah. We're made to be beings that worship and appreciate beauty and you know, like love these things about God and like marvel in them all the time. Uh, And we're just going to have to fight for that as long as we're on this fallen world. And as long as we see the effects of sin and we're, you know, touched by things like death and sickness and disease and brokenness and broken relationships and all these things, like those things dull our wonder, even if we have the gift of salvation and even if we have the Holy Spirit, like we have to fight to remain 
in the word of God, to remain in worship, to remain in all those things so that like God is able to speak to us so that our hearts are soft, so that we're able to respond to him in that intimate childlike way, even when it doesn't feel supernatural all the time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I have here, children are always in the midst of having their minds formed. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're having their opinions bent and they're developing habits and watching people and developing these new skills and everything. It's so crazy to watch. It's so fun to watch. And they're not yet set in their ways. And this quality makes for a great Christian. Hmm. We should never know so much that we neglect the voice of the Lord. That's so good, Katie. Like, I think that's like the, that's the point of what we're talking about here, right? That there's a childlikeness that is like natural and there's a childlikeness that is developed and that we have to work for of keeping open hearts, keeping open minds of being receptive to the voice of the Lord and not in the sense of like suede left and right. I know that's not what you're saying. I just can imagine someone saying, well, your mind's always being whatever. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. (laughs) If you listen to us at all, you know, that's not what we're saying. Bro, come on. (laughs) Uh, But it, it is true. Like we, we get so comfortable in our own understanding. We get so comfortable in knowledge and categorizing things. Like that's been the temptation yeah. from the tree in the garden, right? The knowledge yes. of good and evil and all these things. Like we, we like that. It's We want to know, we want to be set in our ways. We yeah. want to have a pattern to follow. And God, while he is a God of order, mm-hmm. requires us to walk in obedience, not in structure. Well, and the, the point isn't, those things, the point is, is him. The point is the father. And if we get so comfortable in the things and in the order and in the structure that we forget the father, we are religious. We are not, we are not children of, of God, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I think we miss that piece a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I never want it to sound like we're diminishing the value of like knowing God's word and knowing about God. And no, it, like, like Katie was just saying, if you've listened to us for any amount of time or you are going to continue listening to us, that's what that, we preach. Like we love <laughs> yeah. knowing foundations exactly. and biblical literacy and all of those things. Yes. Knowledge is good and it's there for us and God has provided it and there's wisdom in that. But if that is our stumbling block between us and a relationship with the Lord and understanding him and being in communion with him in a way that requires us to lay down our, you know, whatever, if if it's a presupposition, if it's, Mm -hmm. you know, an idea we have about God, if it's our theology, that's the first and foremost that we are so blind to what God is trying to do. Or not even hungry for him at all. Right. Like not even seeking him anymore. Right. Because you can study the book of the Bible and be walk away. Well, there's so many religious scholars who yes. are literally biblical scholars who are not Christians. Yes. Like anyone can be interested in this yeah. stuff. Anyone can have it all right. And exactly like Jesus was saying, if you do not receive the yeah. gift of the kingdom, like a child, yeah, you will not enter the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just the hard truth. Like, and that doesn't mean yeah. you need to be foolish. It doesn't mean you need to neglect these things, but if you cannot receive it, understanding who the father is yeah, and receiving it with joy and humility and un you know being uninhibited like David dancing in the streets in his underwear right like yeah. if you if you can't have that type of a reception and understanding of who God is you're missing the point yeah and that doesn't mean you're literally dancing in the streets no. naked that like some of us will never be <laughs> yeah. that person right? and that's okay but if there's a if the 
emotional piece of this, if the childlike wonder of this is completely missing for you and you've never experienced it in any way, this is something to really think about and consider and ask the Lord for it. This is another thing too. He's a good dad. He gives us good gifts. Like the Bible says, what father, when his child approaches him asking for a gift is going to give him a snake. Like it's not going to happen. He's going to give you his spirit if you ask for it. He's going to give you intimacy with him if you ask for it. Like he's provided all of the ways for those things to happen. Sometimes we just don't ask. Yeah. Or we just don't take what's being given. I mean, like what you've been saying this whole time, like we have... God always has an outstretched hand to us with this gift of salvation Mm -hmm. and this gift of communion with him. And we have the opportunity to reject it or to accept it. And God is saying, you can reject it, but that means you do not partake in the kingdom of God. Right. That's hard pass. You know what I mean? Like you, you're not giving up a set of rules and laws and morals. You are rejecting the fullness and the richness of the kingdom of God. That is you know, you're not rejecting religion. You're rejecting relationship and intimacy. Yeah. And that's something that... Um, that's the is, greatest loss. Like that yeah, is, that is the greatest That loss. is the tragedy of Well, that's the, the point <laughs> of Christianity yeah. is to be in communion and intimacy with the right. Lord. And yeah, but... Just we to, just tend to fall into camps on these things. Yes. And <laughs> no, <laughs> no to you on either side. Yes. <laughs> but um, I, I want to backtrack a little bit, still kind of lingering on some thoughts based off of that Matthew 18 passage, just to kind of go back and talk about how this would have been understood in the cultural context at the time of mm-hmm. children being truly lowly. lowly. We know that the children were regarded differently in Jesus's time. They were truly lowly in rank. Most of the time they faded into the background. Uh, for Jesus to tell people to become lowly like children, they would have understood that this meant taking on humility and not enjoying earthly favor. We inherit the kingdom when we are humble and teachable enough to recognize that the kingdom is at hand. Hmm. And this is just another kind of side of this child imagery, and that is the humility that comes with it. You are, you're made lowly and you are maybe not held in the highest regard by every single person you meet. But there's a recognition of the kingdom of God that happens that is worth far more than earthly recognition Mm -hmm. and esteem. And we see that modeled through Jesus by these children, you know, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. So I wonder through Jesus himself. I mean, the suffering servant, the the one who like made himself lowly to become like us from the actual like right hand of the father in heaven. Yeah down to earth to being laid in a trough where animals ate from naked, like a helpless baby. That yeah. is like, no one understands this better than Jesus. Right. Um, I want to kind of touch on that first Peter verse I shared. I'll read it again. It says like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it, you may grow up in your salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, This verse discusses a newborn baby's desire for milk, and it insinuates that this is how we should be spiritually, that intense craving we should have that for for more of the Lord and grow up in our salvation. So this is something, too, we're not meant to be on spiritual milk for the rest of our lives. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's to me. (laughs) Yes. There's a progression. Yeah. Um, And this is talking about that progression. 
Mm-hmm. you know, craving the spiritual milk so that we may grow up in our salvation. Yeah. Um, but this is something we have to have a yeah. craving for if you Again, don't. At this, at the same thing we were both at last yes. night, someone talked about this where she said one of her mentors always reminded her when she was a new Christian in her twenties and struggling with all these bigger things yeah. that her mentor would tell her over and over again, you can't eat them. Like you can't run before you walk. Yeah. You can't eat the meat until you have had enough of the milk to grow and develop to the point where you can digest it. Like you have to go through these processes. There's no avoiding it. There's no one that gets to skip over and gloss over the way that God has designed us to be. Well, and in this, we're once again being asked to humble ourselves Mm -hmm. to be I mean, this requires you to be teachable and to cast aside your own feelings, your own heart, yeah. your own intellect, like we've been talking about this whole time. Um, but you're asked to humble yourself, to be dependent. That's another thing about this. Think of a child that is still nursing. They are so dependent yeah. on their mother. And that is something that God desires and requires of us is for us to be dependent on him for that spiritual milk, for that growth in a way that we can't do for ourselves. And so let this be the encouragement that we try and give at the end of every single thing. And that is not, and that's, you're not doing this of your own strength. This is not something where you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's not what the Christian walk is about. It's about full dependence on Jesus and what he did and his sacrifice on the cross. And this is the picture. You know, those babies, if their mamas weren't feeding them, would die. And we, if we are not going to the source of our life, to the source of our spiritual growth, we are going to die spiritually. Yeah. And this, you know, that leads to this nurturing of our faith and this growth. And we're going to crave the Lord more. We're going to crave time with him more and intimacy with him because of those foundational times of us needing to drink the spiritual milk, right? needing to be fully dependent on him, you know, not at all operating of our own strength. Can I take a nerdy little, of little detour here? This was something that was actually really hard for me with our first baby. Nursing was like not my favorite thing in the whole world. We had some struggles with it, but there is something like so overwhelmingly intimate and you are so aware of your baby's dependence on you. Like Mm. for me, that was the thing that was so emotionally overwhelming Yeah, was realizing like I am completely connected to this baby and he is completely dependent on me. Like our, our bodies are working together to give him exactly what he needs. Like God had literally designed my body to have this feedback loop that Mm. every time he like ate from me, my body adjusted what my milk composition was. Yeah. Like antibodies were developed into things that I was sick with that he never got. And yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy like science and things about this. But there's also something really interesting about about nursing and responsiveness and connectedness to to babies that when when they're little, especially those like newborn days and then like infancy, responsiveness to the baby and like meeting their every need and like their dependence on you is actually this beautiful thing that like research has shown us over time. The more responsive you are, the more you meet your baby's needs in those early days immediately and that they reach out to you and you respond to them, the more confident and emotionally healthy and capable and independent they are as they grow up, which is totally counter our own understanding. And 
this this example can only go so far, but I, I think God designed all of this to work together and to point to his glory and to his well, his like his goodness and sorry, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Well I was just gonna say we're we're meant to be left with no reason to not believe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and well and this is another thing. Exactly. And my my point here other than just to think it's so freaking cool how God made us. But also like it is not a bad thing for you to as long as you need to, wherever you are in your walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm to sit in learning dependence on God. Yeah. And if you if you skip over these things in the time that it is like <laughs> allotted to you to learn dependence, you will always have opportunities to learn the hard way as your life moves on. Things will always come up. You will always have things that hit you out of nowhere and you feel like the foundation is shaken yeah. from underneath you. And you're going to learn to be dependent on the Lord because it's all you have left, right? But also... Spare yourself that. And now where you are in the baby stages of your infancy in Christ, yeah. right? Um, surrender like a newborn baby. Surrender to your dependence, trusting that he is a perfect, perfect father. He is a perfect parent to you, that he will respond to yeah. every cry, that he is offering you all this, all of the strength that he, he, he knows you need, all of the compassion and comfort and all those things. Like he, if he is your source, your foundation is strong and you are rooted in him to move forward in confidence, to grow in him in humility, right? But to grow in him and to go forward, eating meat, doing all the things that he has called you to do, right? Because you've established that connection and that intimacy, like it's not a perfect metaphor, but it's it's a really good one. And yeah. I think it's one that he's designed on purpose to point us to that. Like Absolutely. It's it's crazy. Absolutely. Um, I want to move on to kind of uh talking about the Mark 10 verse that mm-hmm. we read about the people bringing the little children to Jesus and the disciples turning them away. We once again see Jesus talking about the kingdom of God belonging to those who are like children. And he welcomes the children to be with him. This is again counterculture counterculture, but it also speaks to the way that God receives those Mm -hmm. with childlike faith. Yeah. And it says he took them into his arms and he blessed them. Yeah. And that is, that's the promise that we get to walk in. We are held in God's arms and we're blessed by him because we come to him to inherit his kingdom with a childlike faith. Yeah. And that, I mean... (laughs) There's only so many ways that we can say it, but that that's the crux. That is the thing. We we come to him in full submission, fully abandoning our will. And it, again, this is not like an easy, just do it. <laughs> um, and if you ever think we're just saying, just do it, then you don't know us at all. Then come because, get coffee with one of us or both yes. of us and hear all the ways that we clearly don't get this yes, for ourselves yet. Literally. <laughs> oh gosh. But Lucky for us, the Holy Spirit can still move in and through us. So to partake in this, we must come to him like a child. And I was trying to think of some biblical examples of people who truly just displayed this. And um, I I thought of a few, but the first one and the one that I want to discuss is I know one of Katie and I's favorite stories from the Bible. Um, It's found in Luke 8 verses 43 through 48. It's, and a woman who had suffered a chronic flow of blood for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. And Jesus said, who is the one that touched me? 
And while they were all denying it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing in on you. (laughs) But Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I was aware of the power that had left me. Now when the woman saw that she had not escaped unnoticed, she she came trembling and fell down before him and, and admitted in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And... I mean, this is such a story of casting aside your own pride and your own will and the things you know and trusting Jesus, mm-hmm. trusting that he has taken care of you and that he will heal you and having the faith to approach him in that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so here she is afflicted with this condition of bleeding for 12 years, which is just crazy. <laughs> and she... Um, receives healing from Jesus and has the wherewithal and the understanding to stay and to tell everybody what just happened, which mm-hmm. is crazy because you think about the the story and the uh, the cultural setting. Um, and she's unclean. She's unclean. And this yeah. is like a shameful thing right. for her. And she's now like bumped into all these people in the yes. crowd. She's touched <laughs> this rabbi himself. Like, yes. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's messy. Yes, exactly. And, but... Here she is proclaiming the name of Jesus and telling them all yeah. her story. And it's because she's inheriting the kingdom in this moment. You yeah. know, she has experienced the healing of Christ. And what he says is, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Yep. And that is, that's something we all have the opportunity to partake in yeah, and to understand for ourselves. And, um, that's our responsibility as Christians to come before Jesus like this woman fully broken, fully at the end of ourselves. And and as Christians, um, we have the opportunity to put ourselves at the end of ourselves a lot sooner than, (laughs) you know, having to go through every various trial to get there. Like we can just come before the Lord as soon as something happens, Lord, I am broken before you heal me or be with me, save me. I'm giving this to you, you know right. what I mean? And surrender it to him. And um, so we all have a touching the hem of Jesus's cloak situation. And, opportunity. <laughs> uh, yeah. And an opportunity. And this just speaks to his healing power and his goodness. So yeah, her, her childlikeness here is so much just in her, her being uninhibited. Yeah. And she, when I think about this woman, I mean, obviously I'm probably projecting here, but who the heck knows how much this woman had lost? Yeah. Like family. Yeah. A chance at a chance at having her own family. Yeah. Um, friends. Like she was isolated and alone. She had lost a lot. Like yeah. this is a woman who has every reason to be bitter and lonely and doubtful yeah. and all these things. And in this moment, she has a complete faith that she might not know why, but she knows this man is the Messiah, right? Mm. And she knows this is my best chance at getting healing and puts aside all of these things, all of this fear of what are the Pharisees going to do when they find out that I touched all these people? What is yeah. what is my punishment going to be? Blah, blah, blah. All, this, all these things. What is this rabbi going to do when he knows I touch him yeah. and all this <laughs> stuff? And she's willing to blow past all of that to say like, this is the Messiah. Yeah. Like this is the one who has come to save me. And just throws herself at his feet and is like, whatever comes next, like, 
you're good and you have what I need. You're the only one who can heal me Um, with complete faith. And that's, that's the, the takeaway here is like, that is the place we can approach God from that, you know, life doesn't always make sense. It's not always fair. We will be touched by and marred by the brokenness of the world around us. Yeah. And yet he is a good, responsive, compassionate, powerful father who has everything we need and will accomplish perfection in the end. So he is good. He is good. Um, We want to wrap up this episode Mm -hmm. and say goodbye to you and also say that if you have any questions, please reach out to us Mm -hmm. at the Katie's podcast at Mm gmail.com or on Instagram at the Katie's podcast. And also bear in mind that we are doing this series and we want to answer any questions that you might have. Absolutely. If there's anything you've been like, I don't even know anything about this. We probably don't either. So go ahead and ask (laughs) and we'll do some research. We'll do some digging (laughs) and we can all learn together. Absolutely. Um, And yeah, we're so excited for the things to come and feel so blessed to speak to you every week. Totally. All right. Bye. Bye. Talk to you soon. (laughs)